Hello, everyone, and welcome to It's All Consciousness, the show about the myriad ways our thoughts, passions, and intentions manifest our reality. I'm Miriam Knight, and my guest today is Maureen St. Germain. Maureen is the founder of Transformational Enterprises and has led trainings in personal development and spiritual awakening in more than 24 countries. She's also the founder of Akashic Records Guides International, and she's an author, musician, and producer of more than 15 guided meditation CDs. She's an internationally recognized teacher and intuitive, and has written three books, and today we discuss her fourth book called Waking Up in 5D. Welcome, Maureen. Thanks. It's, it's so good to have you back on the show. Thank you so much. And I actually have another book that's already been published in Chinese, but hasn't been published in English yet. And that's on the Akashic Records. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, all of my books are in Chinese. Um, and I have uh, books also in Russian and Italian. Yeah. Do you speak Chinese? No, no. But I go there regularly and I have a translator that works with me. Um, and we work it out. Fascinating. Yeah, I actually build a bridge between me and my higher self and my translator's higher self so that whoever the translator is, they're getting the download at the same time as me. So when they're hearing my words, they automatically know the right words to use. Because one time I had a translator in Japan translate something and the record keeper stopped and said, did you just translate that this way? And, you know, proceeded to recite what, what they heard. And the translator nodded and smiled. And I said, <clears throat> the, tra the uh, record keepers to me said, please retranslate it the way we gave it to you. Because what it, you know, it's typical to translate into idiom. And that's to be expected. But this time they wanted it exactly the way they gave it, not into an idiom. And the translator understood everything and, you know, changed it. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, it is fascinating. So it just shows you that that uh, when you wonder about these connections, are they legit? Even in real time, they're legit. <laughs> well, if you've got it, you've got it. So your book really is about helping the the sort of neophyte like us, you know, who is not an advanced intuitive. Um, enter that world that you live and swim in. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that's a great word. I just recently, you must be channeling too, because I recently wrote um, that the new energy is we are swimming in a sea of higher vibration. Right. So talking about the higher vibration, what is this fifth dimension and how is it different from what we experience in 3D? Aha. Well, number one, um, it's very similar to 3D in appearance. So initially, you might not even know that you've shifted into 5D. And that's one of the premises of the book, is to explain to people that many experiences that they're already having actually are fifth dimensional. And I'll give you a couple of examples. But before I do, I want to answer your question. Um, third dimension is a place of polarity. It is a place of judgment and assessment and it is a place where we keep score and try to hope that we get the best of any deal or relationship 
Um, and in 5D, your, your focus has shifted slightly, and you're no longer interested in the best deal. And the way to understand it is through a cute story of a co-worker that I had at one time. And he was, a, he was the uh, CEO, and he was a very wealthy man from all of his business dealings. And he was selling a beautiful car to his son, but initially he had advertised it and expected to get a certain amount of money for it because he was going to buy a new hot car. And um, he, so he's telling the story that his son has talked him out of the price he was hoping to get. And he basically gave it away for, you know, under, for $10,000 less than what he had hoped to get. And I smiled at him and I said, just think of how proud you would have been of your son if he'd gotten that deal from a stranger. Ah, and oh, he, wow. his eyes got really big and then he started to laugh and he, he realized the joke. So nowadays, in contrast, in 5D, you don't want a deal that isn't good for both parties. And if you're stuck in the, I have to take care of me first energy, it doesn't work. And there's, you know, there's discomfort and it's, it's no longer a match. Another thing that, 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 um, uh, I, I want to go back and give the listeners an example. Um, if you've sat at a traffic light, maybe you're in a good place, you've had some lovely experience, and you're just sitting there waiting, maybe you're the second or third car, and the light changes. Nobody moves. Nobody walks across the crosswalk. Nobody goes. And you're thinking to yourself, why, why aren't they moving? And then everyone moves. That three-second delay is proof you are in 5D. Because in 5D, you're actually observing the reality before it hits 3D. And I encountered this myself, and my clients also encountered this. We wrote about it in the book. And initially, we didn't think anything of it. You know, people sometimes hesitate at a traffic light. But now if you're noticing it or looking for it, you'll see it. Another way to know that you are in 5D is when you put something down that you are <clears throat> going to come back to later. Maybe it's just an object like this. You stick it in a drawer, you put it away, and you come back for it, and it's not where you left it. And you open the drawer, it's not there. You pull everything out, it's not there. And you think to yourself... It hasn't been that long. I couldn't have forgotten where I put it. So you let it go. Maybe you find a substitute for it. And sometime later, you come back, and it's right where you left it. And that, again, is proof. Because what's happening is, when this started happening to me, I, I started out by asking my angels and guys, where did my stuff go? You know, whatever the object was, where did it go? And I was always told it went into a higher dimension. And initially, I had the mistaken notion that that must mean um, <clears throat> that uh, my stuff was practicing going into the higher vibration. <laughs> and what I realized later, and <clears throat> it happened because of the way I asked the question, one time something disappeared, and instead of asking my typical question, which is, you know, where did my stuff go, I asked the question, what's going on? And the answer that came back was, Maureen, you were in the higher dimension when you set it down. So when we shift and we stop being anxious about finding something, then we can easily find it. Because in, as long as we're in that place of peace and, and um, you know, 
a, a joy, we stay in 5D. So people are slipping into 5D already because the vibrations that we are being uh, bathed in from the photon belt and from the higher energies that are being anchored on the planet by the ETs of the light, the more we are capable of slipping into 5D quite graciously and quite naturally. And this is important because the transformation into 5D will frighten some people unless they've already experienced it and it doesn't feel strange or unusual. So we're actually getting used to it. First of all, I have this image of a dimension peopled with single socks and single earrings. <laughs> but um, how, how do you subjectively feel different in 5D? In 5D, it's like when you fall in love. You feel so benevolent towards everyone around you that you can't think of anything uh, other than your own well-being and theirs being mutual. And, for example, when you're in a place of 5D, maybe you're thinking about, oh, this bank teller hasn't done what I wanted. But it, when you're in this place of 5D, even if you think that with your thought, with your mind, what comes out of your mouth is gracious and kind. And you realize if you're a noticer, and that's the key, you have to be noticing, you'll notice, wow, I was really sweet. And, and but maybe even more so than you used to be. So you, you, you'll say something to the teller like, yeah, I'm not speaking very clearly. What I really meant was this. And, and so you, you take ownership and you're also asking for more. Um, I'll give you another example. I had been in Asia for three weeks. I'm my, uh, I returned home uh, Wednesday afternoon on Thursday at lunchtime. I'm at my desk working like, uh, like a woman who wants to catch up. And my husband walks in and he knows I like to fix our meals. I'm happy to do that. Um, and he makes his face. I'm on the phone with someone and he makes his face at me and he says, I'm hungry, where's my lunch? And one of my friends said, did you throw something at him? And I just laughed and I said, no, actually, I just, I looked at the clock and realized the time and, and nodded and got up and made his lunch. And then the following day, he did a similar routine. And so when I was sitting with him at lunch, he asked me if I wanted to go to Costco with him. And I said, no, if I go with you to the store, I like to look around. And when my five-year-old gets out, you don't like it. I, I think I'll stay behind. And then I looked at him and I said, and your five-year-old was out yesterday when you complained about not having your lunch on time. And he just burst out laughing. And that's all I said. And that's all I needed to say. And I didn't have any urgency to complain about his demanding behavior uh, at the time. That's what 5D is like. You literally don't have a need to react to someone's drama. And, and you kind of look at it and go, okay, I, I can handle that, you know. And, and, of course, you don't even, you're not evaluating anymore. See, in 3D, we're evaluating everything. You know, it comes in and we're evaluating and sorting and compartmentalizing. And in 5D, whatever happens, it, you are just, you're in an is place. It just is. And so that's why when he, you know, did this routine, 
I, I just smiled and looked at him. And I will tell you, I'm very sensitive to him frowning at me. You know, I, I would think most people are sensitive to their partner frowning at them. But it didn't bother me and I didn't feel, uh, you know, like he was being overly demanding or, you know, wait a minute, I just got home. I've got a pile of work to do. Couldn't you fix your own lunch for a change? Well, he'd been fixing his own lunch for three weeks. I guess he was looking for the change. Anyway, that's the 5D energy. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's so blissful that you don't notice someone else's drama and yet you're able to respond to them in a loving way. Another example is one time I was with my stepfather and He's no longer with us, but he had a very sharp way of speaking. So even though he was a kind-hearted man, he sometimes, you know, was, was um, abrasive. And uh, his daughter, you know, chipped off the old block. And she was very obnoxious to me, but I was in a really blissful place, 5D. And we were together as a family for the first time since my younger sister had passed away unexpectedly from a car crash. So I was in this really high state because I knew we would not have made this arrangement if we hadn't agreed a year earlier to do this big party. So I went up to my father and my stepfather and I said, you know, I really like Nan, even though she'd been so wacky crazy with me. And I realized later, again, in hindsight, oh yeah, I guess I was in that 5D place. So, again, you, that, that's how you know. And initially, when you slip into 5D, you won't notice you're being different. When you notice is maybe when you're laying in bed that night and thinking about your day and what has transpired. Um, you, because you don't notice right away because even noticing that you're different brings you back to 3D. So, <clears throat> what the the thing about three to five is there's a stay in 4d as you go by uh, good question fourth dimension i like to call a transition zone it's a portal it's also where we hold our emotions and our excess emotions so there's a lot of uh energy in 4d uh, but it's meant to be a portal and i like to make the joke that it's like grand central station or an airport you never go to an airport to spend the night. You never go to Grand Central Station to spend the night. You're going there so you can get on a train and go somewhere else. So it's always a point of transition. There is polarity in 4D. Another way to think about 4D is to think of the movie, What Dreams May Come. And when the protagonist uh, went to get his wife, um, uh, gosh, I can't think of the name, the late actor. Um, Robin Williams. Robin Williams. He had to go to her, and she was in this state of recreating her self-judgment and her, her, her own pain. That's like 4D. Hmm. So th there's probably some misconception about fourth dimension being time. And you do, you do make that a point is of true. That is true. I do not believe fourth dimension is time at all. I know... A lot of scientists say that, but they don't really have any basis for that. They just came up with that label. And I have, I have worked with time so much. I had a very interesting conversation yesterday with a woman who is a professional musician, and she's a percussionist to start with. And she talks about the beat and, and you know, keeping track of time and her, quote, missing time when she was with her ET friends. And I, I said to her, I said, this is so funny. Um, I don't wear a watch to keep time. Uh, and I haven't used an alarm clock since 1994. 
So, um, and as we were describing our experiences, I remembered that when I went to music school, I went to a conservatory, they gave us an exam and you had to transcribe some music that was played. And I have perfect pitch, so I transcribed the music perfectly. I got all the notes right, all the pitches right, and all of that. And when the examiner looked at it, he said to me, is there any reason why you didn't have a time signature in it? And I didn't have, I didn't mark, you know, how many beats or anything. And I have always been like that. I've been, quote, out of time. And I think it's because my job is to work with time. And I have, I have collapsed the time-space continuum to exit and come out where I needed to. And what, the, what totally blew me away is um, uh, a year or two ago when I was in a class in Asia and I was teaching and I was going to give a channeled message and I sat down and the messenger that came through was the words of time. And in that moment, I thought, oh my God, I never heard of these guys. And um, they explained that time is a construct that we apply to our experiences to sort them out to categorize them, to create a sequence. But if we knew, and we are doing this, that we were also working with time this way, and what I mean by this way is, is, is laterally, in other words, if I change my past, I can change my present and my future, and that allows for the percolation of energy, and I'll, I'll explain that in a minute. What happens is we then become a controller of time rather than time controlling us. So as a construct, we can, I'll use the word manipulate time, what we're really doing is manipulating our experience of time, because it is a mass consciousness belief. Now, I'm not suggesting that I want to be out of time all the time, but I have the ability to step out of time as a tool for grace and ease. Um, so I have uh, been witness to con compressing time with a group on a bus in Egypt and going from one checkpoint to another. And the owner of the company showed up at the hotel and he said, nobody except Greg Braden has ever done this before. You know, collapsed time and made the destination a three-hour trip into an hour and a half. But everybody on my bus fell asleep and I went into this zone and I didn't even know I was doing it. You know, I was just kind of in the zone and thinking about my destination and so time compressed. Wow. You know, it's interesting. My husband is a hypnotherapist and he teaches people uh, tools on how to expand or compress time. So if, if somebody is coming up to studying for an exam, he gets them to put themselves in a zone so they can finish their studies without pressure. Or if somebody has um, uh, agoraphobia or, or uh, uh, aviophobia, um, they get on the airplane and then he teaches the, them to compress time so that they get off without any sense of time elapsing. That's very cool. That's very cool. Um, I actually was told in the records one time, a client who was working on an exam, you know, like a, a therapist exam, you know, licensing exam. And um, she asked, you know, should I take my exam in June, in January or in April? You know, I can take it either time. And the record keepers through me said, well, you can take it any time, whenever you want. And she said, yeah, but what about January? Will I have enough time to study? And the record keeper said, you could pass the exam right now. And she said, how is that possible? And they said, 
because you have a good higher self connection. Any question you know, don't know the answer to, you can ask your higher self. And she said, is that legal? <laughs> and the record keeper said, of course, if you were in a crisis with a client, you would check in with your guidance. Right, right. Isn't that fabulous? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, good trick if you can do it. And, and, well, I have that tool in the book. But I, I read it. Uh, what um, is curious is whether my husband was just helping people change their perception or change their reality. Um, or is there a difference? In the case of time, I believe he was changing their participation in group consciousness of time. So it was changing their perception. It was changing their perception in two ways. Changing the perception that they were locked into time. See, that's the number one perception, misperception. You're not locked in time. And then the second way it changed the perception was to, to turn the power back on the self. And say, yeah, I can actually, I can actually do this. Hmm. Now, you also give uh, examples in the book about changing aging. I'm sure oh, yeah. a lot of people would like to hear about that. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things. Uh, number one, uh, I have a funny story to tell. I think you have to get a new picture at the DMV like every six years or something like that, every eight, six or nine years. must be six. Um, anyway, I went to the DMV to get my picture taken, and the girl said, oh, I did you right, girlfriend. Your picture looks great. And I got my driver's license back, and it was my old picture. And I looked at that, and I asked, what's going on? And what I was told is that I looked so much younger than my previous driver's license picture that they switched them. Wow. Yeah, which I thought was really funny. Because what is the likelihood of having two driver's licenses that are like 10 years apart or six years apart, whatever it is, that have the same photograph? doesn't happen and it had to be a purposeful because I wouldn't think that it would come up that way they, somebody had to purposefully move them um, it's, it's, it's wild in my mind it's totally wild um, so aging a couple of things I give people a evening prayer that they can do and it starts out with I'm getting a good night's rest and I will awaken well rested no matter what the night holds um, and then in the uh, uh, programming that you do at night, you say, I am entering a reverse aging machine that is already set up for me. And I am awakening incrementally younger, pain-free, disease-free, negative energy-free, and healthy each day. Now, I began seeing a reverse aging machine in the alternate reality, and I think they are on ships. I think they use them on ships. And certainly if you follow some of the... Uh, uh, information that's coming out on the secret space program and things like that. There's all kinds of information that that validates that these are scientific uh, tools that already exist. They're just not available to mass consciousness yet. One is a chemical reverse aging, and the other one is a mechanical reverse aging. And <clears throat> I first heard about reverse aging um, back in '94 when I learned about a couple of men who had been involved in the original Montauk experiment, 
experiment and how they had jumped time and came out in another time and then they went back to their original time or something and anyway they they were involved in reverse aging and that's what I first thought yeah you know why would we have to be locked into that and I believe that some of the DNA was programmed so that we wouldn't live so long um, and there's also stories about biblical um, persona who have lived a long time there's a wonderful book called Anna grandmother of Jesus and she claims that she lived like over 600 years. And then there's also uh, stories of uh, prophets that lived a long time. So certainly we know it is possible. Uh, but I think what happened is that there was a, um, a decision made to uh, bring it down uh, for a purpose. And the agenda, who cares? We can undo that. We have free will. And that's the other thing. You know, there's a lot of old um, programming that used to be there that has been removed. And when I say programming, I'm literally talking about grids around the earth that inspired people to behave or act a certain way, just like a computer program. You, you talk in the book about differences between 5D and 3D emotions. What is the role of emotions in all of this? Aha, uh -huh. okay, well this is cool. First of all, emotions are unique to this reality and this um, in, to creation in, in a human like this. We have the ability to put a purpose into chi, to color chi, if you will. So first of all, think of a coloring book. And it's empty, but it's got shape. So that would be the chi. When we put, when we imbue chi with a purpose, a feeling, an energetic expression, we have created emotion. Now, everything wants to evolve. And so emotion can uh, hang out near you. But if you have a lot of emotion, let's say from grief or something like that, then that emotion can be quite substantial. And what happens is when people release their emotion, they haven't always resolved it. So it's kind of like free floating, like, you know, cat hair. But a cat hair collects, and that's what happens with emotion. You know, it collects. And if an emotion gets big enough, it can become self-aware. And when it becomes self-aware, then it can find you, which is a match. So sometimes we have a little emotion that becomes a big emotion almost overnight. You know, I, I joke around and call it the $100 response to the 10 cent problem. Part of that is that capacity to match with another kind of um, emotion that's similar. In 3D, emotion is expressed in a polarity way. And so um, we're either expressing high joy, love, and that, or we're expressing distrust, fear, or some other you know, variation of that. In 5D, the emotion is blissful acceptance. And it comes through in all kinds of expressions, gratitude, thankfulness, um, love, you know, just expressing love, um, joy. And it, it doesn't need that counterbalance. Now, there is an old fallacy that we need a certain amount of darkness to counterbalance the light. And in the polarity world, that used to be true. But the rules changed. A number of things changed as we transitioned towards 5D. 
One of those rules was the karma rule. Another rule was this business of emotion that we only need now a homeopathic dose of darkness to hold the balance. And the reason that that was done, I believe, is again that that shift, that transition to 5D would be so graceful you might not even notice. Mm. That touches very much on your comments about uh, motives and judgment. Um, you, you said that we all compartmentalize things into good and bad, but you offer a better way. What's yes. a better way? Yes. Well, and this is, this is uh, something fabulous. And some people are doing this naturally and they eliminate certain words from their language, from their way of speaking. For example, most of us have eliminated any swear words. We're not going to use a swear word. It's easy to not use a swear word because we've kind of made those verboten or off limits. And so what you do is you make a conscious choice to do that with other things, with other words. For example, I can't, I won't, I have to, um, this is good, this is bad, this is the right way, and I stopped using those. Now, how do you say it's the right way? You want to say something. Instead, you would say it's a match for me. So like dominoes, if there's something that, that is, is, uh, feels right, I can say it's a match. I no longer have to say this is the right way or this is the right way for me because the right way implies the wrong way and that that is holding a counterbalance. When you say it's a match, there is no judgment on that. Mm, beautiful. So I have a whole table of ways that people can speak that enable them to, first of all, identify the key words that could uh, put a charge on it and, and then make it a compartmentalized polarity kind of experience and how to shift that so it becomes a fifth dimensional experience. You know, um, um, the late Louise Hay taught us how to change our thoughts to positive thoughts. And this is like another level up, uh, change our word choices so that they only reflect a 5D vibration. Mm. And just a little um, passing thought for Louise Hay, who just passed yesterday. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful soul. Wonderful soul. Um, so we've gotten up to 5D, and yet your book goes all the way up to 13D. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to go every step of the way, but why is it important for us to even be aware of all of these other dimensions what does that do for us how does that change us well it mostly helps people recognize that they're far grander than they thought they were oh. that's number one number two if you are able to identify where you have been you can go back easier you know if i take you on a trip to disneyland and you're blindfolded you don't know whether we're going north or south or east or west but if you know the way and you see this place and then label, and then later we label it, oh yeah, that was Disneyland, you can go, oh, I can go back there. So part of what I'm doing is identifying the energetic vibration of these places because most of us have multiple versions of ourselves already operating at these higher levels. That's number one. Number two, um, once you know this, you can tap into that energy. You can, for example, ask for your seventh dimensional 
version to help you in your expression today. We are in a 3D lockdown in terms of free will. So we have to use our will to make that invitation and open it up. And that's one of the things that I put in the book as a freebie. I've had this beautiful meditation called the Crystal Elohim. And in that meditation, there is an actual track that identifies that you could connect with other versions of yourself, higher dimensional versions of yourself, and bring in data that you need. The second thing is people don't realize when you're in a meditation and you fall asleep and then you wake up when it ends, either whether, whether it's a live one or you're just you know listening to something and sitting quietly, <clears throat> you have gone to the eighth dimension and beyond. You have not fallen asleep as you think. So that removes self-judgment. Oh, I've gone so high that there's no connection. It's kind of like asking... Um, you know, someone in their 60s, well, you know, do you remember what it was like to play on a playground? Most of us would have to say no. I remember it was fun, but I don't remember what it was like. There's no connection. There's no point of reference. So at a certain point, everything that we know and experience in, in eighth dimension and on isn't transferable in our three-day way, 3D way of thinking. However, we start connecting with higher dimension dimensional versions of ourselves, then all this stuff starts to filter in. And I think that that's one of the reasons why I have been able to acquire so much knowledge because I've been calling that stuff in since 1995 or six. And then when the information would come in, I'd have a way to understand it. You see? So, and, and so that's the first thing, you know, to know that you've gone to a higher dimension, especially if you wake up exactly when it ends. So you can quit judging yourself that you fell asleep for your meditation and you missed it. You didn't. And I like to make a joke. Um, everybody has a body elemental, and that's like the engineer of your body that runs your systems. And it's almost like your engineer gets on the PA and says, okay, she's going deep. Everybody go for coffee. We'll let you know she's going there. You know, and it's funny, but that's the way people will get it then, that, you know, everything else is going to shut down so that all of your consciousness can move to this higher place, take it in, and then bring it back, and it'll filter out. Um, and then there's one other thing, and that is we are now able to anchor higher dimensional aspects of ourselves. We're actually building a new etheric body in the higher dimensional expression. And we're actually going to flip a little bit and make our heart chakra the lowest chakra. So we're not going to need those lower chakras, but those lower chakras are actually going to move up to the heart and fan out like a solar system. I'm trying to picture that. It's not working, but it's okay, a fascinating so concept. It's so in the body. And then, yeah. and then uh, you could, you know, like, instead of having them facing you, you would have them rotate so that they orbit you. And then you would slide them up like a stack of plates. Uh-huh. Interesting. Uh -huh. Um. <laughs> something for future contemplation. I agree. I agree. That's now, <laughs> there's, there's really so much in your book, Maureen. Um, what do you think, um, what did you have in mind? What was the gift that you wanted to give the reader with this book? Because you've got all these wonderful meditations and uh, you've also got a lot of CDs that I'd like you to tell us about. But okay. let's start with the, the motive okay. behind the book. The motive behind the book was to give people a roadmap. 
mm-hmm. of discovery. And the roadmap is a little bit like you've been driving all along and you have been going by these particular um, um, locations and you've seen them, but you didn't know what they were. You know, you go by a place that says uh, karma relaxation and you don't know what that is. And later you discover it's a spa and go, well, that's a spa, I'm going in. You know, it's right on my way from, from work. So things like that, the actual recognition that what you have been doing is, is been moving up. That's number one. And then number two, that gives you an invitation to take advantage of the things that you didn't know about so that you could proactively choose to be fifth dimensional. And I think that's the key because I believe we, humanity, are creating the future and that all bets have come off, all programming has come off. And we've been given the opportunity to create the version of the reality that we are most pleased with. And in so doing, we are literally creating the outcome. So, you know, I I always like to use metaphors to help people understand. Imagine a child and a grandmother with a trust fund. She keeps providing trust fund. Everybody in their family contributes to it so that this child will go to college. If they finish college, they get this amount. If they finish any graduate program, they get an additional amount. If they don't go to any school at all, they'll get the full amount at age 55. What do you think the odds of that person going to college and getting some advanced degrees are? Pretty high. And so that's what's happening. We're being, this is like a roadmap. It's like your trust fund to the future. Wow. Um, it reminded me of some, a, a concept that you had in there that I thought I just wanted to, to throw out there. You talk about the difference between way showers and guardians. Ah, yeah. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah. The, the, the guardians. This is a very interesting concept. Um, and I discover it, again, because I was asking questions. This guy was always calling every time I would walk in my house. And I was traveling, you know, 40 cities a year. And I'd get home, the phone would ring, and it would be Dan. And I, he'd say, did you just get home? And I think, you know, what is this? He's not my lover. He's not my boyfriend. He's just a friend. And what is he doing in my life? So one day I asked, I, I was in meditation and I said, you know, what's the deal with this guy? And I was told, well, he's one of the guardians. And I thought, whoa, boy, have I been disrespectful. You know, I'm <laughs> you know, not having dinner with him when he asks, you know, and So I felt really bad about it, but I also recognized that I needed to discover that. And a lot of people have people in their life. And I think my husband's one of them, but he's always, you know, like checking up on me. I mean, when I'm in Asia, he doesn't bother me too much. You know, he still calls me all the time, but you know, like I was too long at the bank one day and are you okay? You know, that kind of stuff. So if you have someone in your life that does that to you, you have been given a guardian and that guardian is there holding space for you and making sure you are okay. And, you know, we strong, independent women, we think we can do it all ourselves. And, and we need to remember that, yeah, but if you have troops behind you, what could you accomplish? And that's part of what the guardians are. They're there to participate in whatever you're doing. They're fully present. They're anchored. They're aligned with you. 
but they don't necessarily have an agenda to do anything specific with you other than they're there. They need to know where you are and how you're doing. That's kind of how you know that they're a guardian. And then the way showers. The way showers are people like you, like me, who are inspired to be part of the, uh, um, someone used the term recently, landing party, or the Lewis and Clark contingent. They're going ahead <laughs> and doing the maps, you know. And so the way showers are having experiences and beginning to understand them. Maybe they're getting help from, you know, higher ups and, and other teachers who've been there. And then they're able to, you know, show others. So there's a lot of way showers out there. Mm, yeah, definitely. So um, what about, did you have a CD that came out specifically to accompany this book? <clears throat> I did. Um, this, this book, that came, the, the CD that came out to accompany the book is called the 5D Merkaba, and it is uh, uh, a expansion of the original 17 breath Merkaba. If you've ever done that meditation, the original 17 breath Merkaba, you will absolutely love this meditation. And even if you have not, you can simply intend that you have the mastery of that 17 breath Merkaba, and then go right into this <clears throat> the 5D Merkaba. And the 5D Merkaba creates additional geometries around the body that enable you to connect with your higher chakras and start proactively accessing those higher gifts and those higher tools. And remember people, there's the anti-aging thing and it uh, probably works for weight as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you know, um, one of the things I should tell you is I have a full moon uh, uh, blog that's going to come out and in my blog you you want to set up for my blog blog instead of dot com it's dot blog and in that particular announcement there's there's actually a free download plus you, it's recommended that you get some other things but there is a day out of time that the um, the uh, Africans celebrate and it's kind of spread um, around the world and essentially it's when the Sun is at the lowest point, which is the vernal equinox, and the closest full moon near that. So there's a there's a match for that, and I think it's uh, the 15th of September. I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up. But wow. I've started writing the post, but I haven't finished. Anyway, that is what's called an anti-aging event because you literally stop the clock and connect with a version of of you that's a year younger, and then you stay that way for a year, so you actually get two years younger. But I, I had a woman tell me uh, at the bank, she'd never met me before, and I showed her a picture from like 15 years ago, and she, more than that, actually, when we were like 25, and she said, you have not changed one bit. So that's very amazing. And everyone is looking younger, I think. But we can be proactive also. Well, there's so much more that we can do besides vanity. So Yeah, and in this CD, in, in the book, there's a page of resources and because some of these products were so important, they were made as freebies. So even though I've been selling these things for years and they've been very popular, they've been pressed, you know, many times, there's this Crystal Elohim meditation, which I told you about, which is very powerful. And also it's a great tool if you can't sleep to put it on because you will fall asleep. Your body just totally relaxes into the energy and you go with the energy. And then there's a lovely angel meditation. 
and a, uh, a meditation about making your year a good one. It's kind of like a proactive uh, affirmation kind of meditation. And then this program called the Triple Mantra, which is another anti-aging uh, program. And I have used that to clear certain health issues and other things. And that's another, you know, when you bring in another version of yourself and you merge it with you, and it doesn't have the problem that your current body has. And so your body shifts. Well, this is really cutting edge stuff. And I think uh, sometimes it's difficult to accept, but the only way yeah, to... Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's very true. And the amazing thing is I have a program called the Ascension Institute that I take people through a year-long program at an intensive. And those people are doing every single, I've been longtime followers or students, whatever, you know, they decide they're going to throw in with this one year program. And those people have uh, told me that they can attest to the difference. And you know, that little prayer that they do at night, the women who are married are telling their husbands, you know, just listen in and, and they all say, yeah, I'm in, I want that even though they're not like participating and they're getting the benefit as well. So even though these are like maybe far-fetched sounding or dramatically different than what you've been doing, if you will allow yourself to try it, you don't have to try it and believe it. Just try it to see what happens. You will be amazed. You heard it from the, the source, Maureen St. Germain's book. Waking up in 5D, so appropriate for a show called It's All Consciousness. Maureen, uh, and your website is Maureen St. St. Germain, G-E-R-M-A-I-N dot com. Thank you. Many blessings. <laughs>